Today we continue our discussion with Dr. Lisa Miller. I hope you'll listen to the wonderful facts that she has to share with us regarding our spirituality. We all know that parenting is hard work and life can get busy. We've done the research to help you. So let's dig deep with Leanne Mancini and work together to help you raise strong Christian kids. I was so surprised to find out that one third of our genetic code contributes to our capacity to experience spirituality. It's not something we learn, but it is as innate as our eye color or fingerprints. Isn't it like 21% of our DNA? You contribute that to spirituality? Every single one of us is born with a natural genetic endowment to be a spiritual being. And we see the expression of this genetic endowment in the very shape and function of our brain. We are wired, hard wired. And science has shown many ways in which natural spirituality comes forward in children. And I'll give you a few examples. I have a beautiful son, Isaiah, who I adopted from an orphanage when he was 10 months. And very, very on, early on, Isaiah loved, loved to pray to God. First words, really, that I remember him saying is throwing open the kitchen door and saying, thank you, God. He was born in connection to God. Well, when Isaiah was about two, pop-up, his great-grandfather passed. And sitting there, graveside, we were bearing pop-up. And Isaiah's eyes look at me and they sparkle. And he says, look, mommy, the body goes back to the good earth. The soul goes to God. And his eyes were full of joy. Of course, we mourned pop-up's passing. He adored pop-up. But he knew without being told that there was continuity of spirit after death. Scientists have shown that unless socialized out of that natural awareness, a child born a knower perceives, not just believes, perceives continuity of spirit after death. Similarly, unless socialized out of it, a child knows that we can know things through inspiration, that our direct knowing or intuition, the gifts that we are given of knowing and guidance are real. That's real knowing. That's hard data. Unless socialized out of it and the child is sold, point on the page. How do you know that? You don't know that for sure unless you can tell me where in the book it said that. So children are spiritual knowers and children love to pray. They love ceremony. They love to be in the chorus. The naturally spiritual child hungers for the opportunities that we as parents can offer to realize and express the joy, the transcendence, the love, the connection to be in direct relationship with God and to see God in one another. It's just amazing. Science is catching up with the Bible. And what you're saying is it's proof that Psalm 51, 6, yet you desired faithfulness, even in the womb, you taught me wisdom in that secret place. Oh, how beautiful. Yes. And science even mirrors that beautiful Psalm by showing well, I'll tell you a study. There was a fellow, Chris Boyabsis, who gave parents little journals, beautiful little journals with a special pen. And he said, please write down every time you and your child have a spiritual discussion. Well, in week one, very often it was the parent initiating the discussion about God, the presence of God in our lives, our spiritual values. But by week two, the majority 
of the discussions were initiated by the child because the child had picked up on the cue from the parent that, yes, we talk about this here. This is important. This is real. Now, of course, there's very rarely a parent who would say, we don't talk about spiritual life here, but they're tuning into us. This naturally spiritual child is ready to go, having experiences, but needs to see the signal from us, from mother, father, grandparent, that this is real. It has a word. It has a word in our rich faith tradition. I love that. We are the examples, the ambassadors, the teachers. We are their spiritual leaders. You know, the first people that connect them to understand that spiritual feeling they have. What is it? Where is it? Even though they're born with it, we can nurture it, as you say. We don't want to socialize them out of it by not talking about it, and then they become, you know, atheists. That's what. That's exactly what happens. They don't believe in anything. We, that's right. We are the ambassadors. And when we pray out loud and are so deeply moved by God's presence that we tear, our child knows that's real. We as mom, we as dad are the index of real for them. I will share with you that I've seen a great number of young adults, 18, 20, 24, who had trauma that was treated and very important that it was treated in psychotherapy. It was treated at the human level, but the deep spiritual injury, feeling unworthy before God or unconnected as we once might have been to God, that must also be addressed. It is not enough to only fix something at the relationship level. Spiritual injury requires its own focus and deep love and regard. When we look at the spiritual brain, we find that people who have a strong, robust spiritual life and rich, thick cortex around the spiritual regions of the brain, those people are two and a half times more likely to have suffered to get there. Spirituality often is strengthened in our most pained moment, in the moment of least clarity, our darkest, most excruciating moment. That is the perfect time to deepen our relationship, God. In fact, Suffering can be a knock at the door to deepen and strengthen our spiritual awareness, our closeness with God and seeing God in those around us. The brain images show us that. That's once amazing. Once we develop a strong spiritual core, once we strengthen the spiritual brain, we are indeed girded against forthcoming depressive episodes. We are less likely to be depressed, but even more important life takes on a far greater dimension because we walk on sacred ground. Looking through the spiritual brain, I can be in the same house, on the same cul-de-sac, with the same job and family, and it all looks far more sacred and rich and alive when I'm looking through a strong spiritual brain. It's a miracle. I'm just so thankful that science is proving all of this. It's it's just a miracle that that's happening. God is allowing the scientists to catch up and to prove what we all know, we all innately know. But, you know, let's talk about what you mean in your book, The Awakened Brain, when you state, I found this interesting, there really are no coincidences. And indeterminacy is built into the fabric of reality. I'm so grateful, Leanne, to emphasize this point, because coming out of COVID, it's never been more important. We have two modes in which we can use our brain, and it is a choice. One mode where we tend to get the gear shift stuck is the world of what I call achieving awareness, setting my goals, setting the strategy, going after it, and getting it. Now, that's important. I'm sure we need to move through life and go after what's important to care for our families. But achieving awareness, how do I 
get what I want? What is the strategy, the tactic? How do I line up the right training, the right school, the right job to progress? That's, that's important, but it is alone achieving awareness completely insufficient by itself to navigate life, to have a rich, full, buoyant life, and even outward success. When life doesn't square with command control, all that I'd mail ordered or opted on the menu on my computer, when life isn't mail order, and that's a great deal of the time, we have the opportunity to shift our lens and really change our conversation with life from what do I want and how am I going to get it to what is life showing me now? And even more important, deeply in and through life, what is God showing me now? What is God asking of me? And perhaps even in a prayer, loving God, what do you show me? What do you ask me to become? This moment in which we shift the conversation to life being about getting what we want, to life being about a discovery, a sacred journey, a quest, we invoke an entirely different use of our brain. We use our awakened awareness. We take our naturally spiritual brain and awaken. Achieving awareness only has historical information, what I thought I wanted based on everything I'd seen before. Awakened awareness is an inspired form of godly experience where life is much more than we could have put together on our own. I just find it so amazing. You talk about quantum physics that explains this. Well, I share with my students at Columbia that there are two realities and they are both true. We are a point and we are a wave. We are magnificently diverse. We are wonderfully scattered around the earth with different GPS coordinates. We have different zipped up bio body suits. We are unique. And at the same time, we are part of one family of life, one creation. We are all white caps on one ocean. We are deeply connected. We're one story, but we appear to be separate. And as we come to know this deeper truth in life, the deeper reality of life, we can show up for one another knowing that we are built to help each other along. We are built to share in each other's journey through love, through connection, through connection to God. We can take our cue, what we might call divine appointment in each other's lives, mirroring the wisdom of thousands of years in the beautiful faith traditions. Well, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. It's just fascinating. I hope the listeners will go purchase both these books. I'm telling you, it is just so enlightening and encouraging. And it's so nice to see science finally, finally stepping up to the plate to prove what most of us as Christians always knew, that when you're connected to God, your life is, is so much more blessed. You're able to come o- overcome addiction. You pray about something and it happens. And so God, is, as the conductor of the orchestra, is just, you know, putting us all where he wants us to be, when he wants us to be there, and how we're to engage with each other. Leanne, people are coming out of a time, the double pandemic, where there's a lot of despair. But science shows us that in our darkest moments, we are particularly able to break through and deepen our relationship with God. And when we do, through our MRI studies, we strengthen the spiritual brain despair, struggle, as real as that is, as painful as that is, it's an invitation. It's actually the ignition 
of a trajectory of spiritual growth through which we rise to our next station to love one another and be close to God. When the spiritual core is built in our children and we walk by their side to continue to strengthen the spiritual core of our teenagers, they are 80% less likely to become addicted to drugs and alcohol using diagnostic criteria. They are 60% less likely to have the deep downward spiral of major depression that makes them dysfunctional. They are 70% less likely to take risk driving fast, jumping out a second story window. And in perhaps the most important study of our time, a strong personal spirituality shared together in family, in fellowship, in our faith community, protects us by 82% against completed suicide. The number one killer of youth right now is suicide. We have what we need to rise up and be renewed. Oh, Dr. Miller, thank you for your findings. God bless you and your team. Bless you, Leanne, and the reach of your powerful voice, your inspired contribution, and the beauty and soulfulness of your listening community. Thank you so much for including me today. It is an honor and it is an enduring joy. Thank you. And this is how we all work together to raise strong Christian kids. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.